I would say that today we're going to put it in gear a little bit and we're going to talk about why the church can and should be empowered through the Holy Spirit as the vehicle to advance Jesus' mission. Why the Holy Spirit? There's lots of things that we could do to fuel the church, but why the Holy Spirit? Let's jump into Acts chapter one. We're gonna be in verse one. We have not left this portion of scripture because this is foundational for the entirety of the book of Acts. If we can get these first seven to eight verses down and understand them, it sets the foundation. This is like when you get the new appliance and you, you, you get the instructions with it. A lot of us just set the instructions aside. I, I'm just kidding. Not a lot of us. Maybe just me. I just set the instructions aside and I think Ikea made this simple for me to not read instructions and I can just put it together by myself. But the truth is we need to get some basic instruction and understanding and so that's why we're stopping and we're pausing in these first couple scriptures, Okay. So verse one says, in my first book, I told you, the guy who wrote this book is Luke. Again, for greater context, go back to week one, and I give you greater context. In my first book, I, this guy Luke, told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instruction through the Holy Spirit. So there's that. We want to have open hearts to receive further instruction. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them. Who did he talk to? He, Jesus, talked to them, the apostles, about what? Out of all the things that Jesus could be talking to his friends about, he chooses to talk about this one thing. It says, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Not what's going on in the latest celebrity news cycle. He talked to them about what? The kingdom of God. Once, he, when he was eating with them, so Luke goes on to say, like this one time when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Now this do not leave, this to, to wait, and the King James is to wait for the promise. This is key for us. This is where we start to get in. Why? Why, would Je- Why is the Holy Spirit so important that Jesus would say, don't even, don't even start the race until you've received the promise that I am telling you you're going to need? And he goes on, he says, John baptized with water, but just in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Of course, we in our humanity make it about me, myself, and I. And Jesus, he loves these guys so much. They're the biggest knuckleheads in the world. I see myself as one of these guys like I learn from just experience. I need to go out on the street and trip and fall and like break a couple bones and learn from, hey, can, can anyone relate? Okay, so the book is great to read, but I need to go out and feel the pain. Okay? And these guys, just they're like, Jesus, you came to restore a kingdom, and, and so when are you gonna restore my kingdom? Sometimes we pray to God. We're like, God, when are you gonna restore my little kingdom? 
When are you gonna restore my thing? You know that thing that I have such a deep desire to do, God? When are you gonna restore my thing? And God, that's what you're here for. If I just ask, you're like a jukebox, you know? I, I call it jukebox Jesus. You just, you put the money in, you pick what it is that you need from God, and then God delivers. He's supposed to play your song. He's supposed to deliver that thing for you. Like, and that's where these guys are out there. When are you gonna restore my thing? And, and Jesus is like, ha, man, you guys are so cute. He goes, the Father alone has authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. What's he saying? Don't get worried about the future, but get busy in the present. There's things to do. There's things in front of you that you can grab a hold of. And I want you to listen. He's saying, stay present. <laughs> this is a hard thing for us in our society today. Stay present. We have so many distractions. He goes, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. What's the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit is to be what? His witnesses. The word witness means you will be my demonstration. We talked about this last week. Telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This week, we're starting what I'm gonna say is Holy Spirit part one. Because we need to talk about the Holy Spirit over a couple weeks. And so Holy Spirit part one this week, I call this message, I'm losing my motivation. I'm losing my motivation. Number one, we want to know why the church can and should be empowered through the Holy Spirit as a vehicle to advance Jesus' mission. It's because he provides promise, he provides inspiration, and he provides an activation. He provides promise. In verse four, don't leave Jerusalem. It says, wait for the gift that I've promised. Wait for the promise of my father, is what Jesus is saying. This word promise is, it's a promised good or blessing. Specifically in this case, in context, it means the blessing promised by my father. This, this promise is a blessing that was promised by my father. And this is important. What did the father bless the church with in the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit was the promise, what's the blessing of the promise? In John 14, if you love me, this is Jesus, before this happened. So earlier in his life with these guys, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Here's what advocate means. It means comforter, aid, helper. It means to be assistive. And this comforter who will never leave you. It means that the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit, he's there to help you and assist you and to be your aid, but that he's also constant, and in a world of inconsistency, we need constant. And he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Now, I love this. He leads us into all truth. All truth. He is our GPS. He gives us this directional, hey, I'm going to lead you into the truth. You may be standing in some form of what's true, 
You may be living out of some place of some level of what's true, but the Holy Spirit is there to guide us, to help us, who's constant in his presence with us. As our GPS say, I I am here to get you to the destination. I'm here to get you to the place that you were designed for. This is important for us, family. The world cannot receive him, it says, because it isn't looking for him. It doesn't recognize him. It does no good for me to argue with somebody who does not know God and does not understand the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Why? Because they're not looking for it. We, you, I always tell people, like you, you can't preach rational to irrational. You can't speak soberly to someone who's not sober. You can't counsel through the fog of addiction when somebody is just, their mind, I mean, have you ever lived with somebody who's just not in that space? They just can't see it. We need the Holy Spirit to bring us clarity. But you know him because he lives with you He does it now, and later he will be in you, Jesus said to his disciples. So the Holy Spirit is this definitive promise that God will never leave or forget the church. Holy Spirit becomes the firm foundation of security to know that God is always with the church. The church needs the constant promise of the Holy Spirit in an inconsistent world. It becomes the, the firm platform, this promise that never is shaken and it never moves from underneath our feet. And it provides this firm platform for the church to live in and to be launched from. We need the security of Holy Spirit in our lives. Because I I know this in my last 48 years. This is what life has proven to me. Life can be insecure. The promise of the Holy Spirit is the church's platform that we can rely on, that we know is always there that isn't gonna crumble, it's not gonna fade, Holy Spirit will never fail. The church canon should be operating with and from Holy Spirit promise. And it's inspiring to have this perfect unfailing promise of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit provides inspiration. It says, in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus tells them. In a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Here's what this word baptize means. I I love this depiction. Uh, This is the definition. It says, to imbue, which, (laughs) how many of you have ever used the word imbue? Never. I was like, that's a nice word. Don't know what it means. 
okay? So I went to Rabbi Google and said, Rabbi Google, define imbue. To imbue, listen, to imbue richly with the Holy Spirit, to permeate. The word imbue means to inspire or permeate with. Here's some words that we could use for imbue that may make more sense for us in common language. To saturate, to inject, to impregnate, to fill. All of these require an internalization. Saturation requires a resting in and a soaking. All of these lead to an internalization. Being inspired by the Holy Spirit is different than being motivated. And we need to make a distinction here. Motivation, this is how I'm going to describe this. Motivation is a temporary external force acting as a spark to push you off the starting line. Do you want me to say that again? Motivation is a temporary external force acting as a spark to push you off the start line. Inspiration is a sustained internal force acting as a deep burning fire to pull you to finish the race. I do this silly thing called triathlon. And a lot of people ask me questions about how I fuel and what it takes to race and how much pain I you know, put myself in and the suffering and all these questions. And when it comes to nutrition, this is what I tell them. I say, they, they say what, what does it take to finish a half Ironman race? And I will tell you the temporary answer, the external answer is this. While I race... I am fueling myself with external things, okay? And this is one of them. It's called true nutrition. I love marketing. So this is true nutrition, unlike a carrot that you can pull out of the earth that God created. This is a bag that someone has processed, and this is true. Nutrition. Are you catching the sarcasm? But I got to tell you something about this true nutrition. I use it. And what I do is I take some of this. And if I open this, there's this very fine particulate white powder that would billow out of this bag. So I'm not going to open it. And it's basically a carb source. It's 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 a simple sugar that's been processed 
by a brilliant company and I take scoops of it and I put it in my water and as I'm drinking my water to stay hydrated, I'm getting the motivation, my muscles are getting the motivation that they need to keep sparking me, to keep me moving mile after mile after mile. Are you with me? I use things like this little guy right here, brilliant company called Muir Energy. I love it because it's just fruit that they've put inside of a bag. It's bagged fruit because fruit was meant to be eaten out of a bag. While you're running and urinating on yourself because you were so competitive. True story. Don't hug me after a race. It's what it takes to get to the world championships, right? Okay. (laughs) I'm going to get to that. This is strawberry. 100% real food for sport and life. Can you eat 50 of these a day and just call it good? No. Uh, 100 calories, this is good. They call this fast burning. Why? Because it gets in your system and gives you a spike and some sugar, right? You go, whoa, it's going to motivate me for another three miles while I'm running, okay? So we got some. Then I turned to the trusty energy drink. How many of you are energy drink freaks? Be honest. How many people in this room drink one energy drink a day? Thing. Okay. How many, how many of you drink more than one? I'm proud. Anyone's hand go up? I'm so pr- Yes, you do? <laughs> Five years old, you drink more than one energy drink. Pray for your, I'm praying for your mama. Special prayer. Listen. Here's what you need to know. These are external things that I put in my system to create sparks along the way, to keep pushing me. It's like a metronome. It just keeps me going. But I'm going to tell you something. There hits a point of the race when I feel like the suffering cannot be dealt with any deeper. I I hit a point, and maybe you could relate to life, where you hit this point where you're like, "I, I can't push myself past tomorrow one more time. I, I've, I've motivated myself with the true nutrition that the world tells me that I need, with the quick hits of the energy drink that are so good for me. And I even have, have I've gotten into the healthy fashion of motivation. I, I read motivational quotes and I go to church once a week to get motivated. And, and that's Pat's job. Pat's job is to, to motivate me because if I'm motivated, I can make it past my Monday. But then Wednesday, I need to get another motivation. I need another quick hit of true nutrition. See, when I hit the point of the race, that I'm literally have tears welling up in my eyes because it hurts so bad. It doesn't matter how much motivation that I feed myself. I have to rely on inspiration. Why? Because inspiration is something that's internal and burns deep. So when I was even racing this last race, I have this thing that I do that this is what motivates me. This is what fires. This is what can get me going and it kind of keeps me pushing. But there's something that pulls me to the end of my race that's much deeper, that burns hot 
I begin through the suffering to think about my family, my wife and my children. I begin thinking about my father who lost his life at 47 years old and I would give anything to see him standing at the finish line. And I begin saying audibly, I see you. I see you standing at the finish line and I'm coming home for you. I'm coming home. I see you. And it pulls me toward my finish. We need to push past the motivation that the world wants us to consume and it's mere sugar that leaves us in a crash cycle. And we need the deep burn of the Holy Spirit in our lives that will inspire us as the church because we're gonna suffer and we're gonna hit roadblocks and we're gonna wanna quit. We're gonna have months that our money doesn't outlast the days on the calendar. We're going to have times that things feel like they're closing in on us. And the motivation isn't good enough. We need the inspiration, the internal, the envisioned, the deep burn of the Holy Spirit infused and impregnated inside of us. You know, sometimes when I'm racing, I lose some of my motivation I mean, I'm at the end of myself. Have you ever been at the end of yourself and then you start making more mistakes? I'm running. I'm trying to get nutrition out of my pocket. And I'm too competitive to stop and pick it up. Right? So I gotta, sometimes you lose your motivation. But where our motivation ends is where... Th- The inspiration of the Holy Spirit begins to sustain. Inspiration will keep delivering where motivation will continue dissipating. My prayer for us as a church, please come, be be fed. Let's rely on one another. But we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Not motivational, quick hits. Watching our favorite things on YouTube. That is not your faith. That's an emotional pick-me-up. And we cannot be a church that lives in emotionalism. And the motivation of that. We need to get out of the crash cycle and we need to live in a sustained, deep, filling, permeated, saturated burn of the Holy Spirit. Because we have a mission to complete. We have cities that we need to step into the streets and become transformation. But it takes impregnation of the Holy Spirit in us as the church if we want to be transformation in the street. It is not good enough for us to rely on our own strengths, on our own willpower, our own strategies, because all of those things are going to fall apart. I've lived long enough to know this. The plans will fall apart. 
But we have to have something that burns deep in us. We have to have something that keeps charging us when it gets tough. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is this reproductive impregnation of kingdom inspiration fueling the church to finish its mission. And we have a mission. And a Holy Spirit-inspired church, I'm going to tell you something, is an activated church. The Holy Spirit provides activation. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses or demonstration. Every vehicle requires a power unit for activation. The church is a vehicle that God has chosen to continue doing and teaching his kingdom. We're the vehicle. But we need a power unit. We need activation. First Corinthians, I love this. Chapter 12 talks about, I see like the church. I see our church. And can I tell you that all the parts to the vehicle are here? I'm looking at them. All the parts of the vehicle. You, you and I are the parts of the vehicle that together make up the vehicle called the church. And we need activated. And in Corinthians, it says the human body has many parts. <laughs> but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share that same spirit. Here's what this is saying. This guy Paul wrote this book to his friends. This is what he's saying. He's saying, hey friends, can we all please get together and understand at the center of who we are, we've been given this platform, this firm promise, the Holy Spirit, that when we live according to the power of the Holy Spirit, we, we live an inspired life as the church, and we become activated. But he's saying to them, hey friends, can you stop making it about yourself? Because although you're a beautiful hand, you're nothing without the rest of the body. Although you, you bring something beautiful, your beauty is actually made manifest when it works in accordance to how it was designed and its purpose. He's saying, hey friends, we need 
Because on our own, we're going to utilize our own beautiful gifts to serve ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to inspire us, but to activate us toward unity so we can get together as all the parts and we can start making headway on the mission of doing and teaching the kingdom of God. You have a part to play. You bring something to the table. God's going to get, let me tell you something. This is what I've learned about ministry. The mission of Jesus, this is what I've learned. I remember somebody said, almost 30 years ago, I saw, I heard this description. You know, church and ministry and the mission that Jesus is talking about is like a bucket of water. And if I have my fist in a bucket of water and I decide I want to live for myself and so I take my fist out of the bucket of water, do you know I, there's no hole left? It gets filled in. I'm the one who's missing out on being part of what's happening in the church. I'm the one who's missing out. God's got, he just fills in. Holy Spirit, just fill, he's like, you don't, hey, yeah, okay, let's go. Oh, nope. Out, okay, next. I want to tell you something. There's a blessing that God has for you. Some of us are stuck in the crash cycle living from motivation to motivation thinking that that's that's what we need we need another quick hit we need another we need another Jesus hit and i want to tell you god has he's designed us to live from promise inspired and fully activated in the holy spirit that's why we need that's why the church needs it because activated people activated parts make an activated church. Activated people make an activated church. Transformed people, because they're activated, inspired, and working from promise, go become transformational. Like family, we have work to do. We have work to do. But in our heads sometimes, I'm like, I can't do the work anymore. We need the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to pull us toward that finish line. I can't do it. You can't do it. Holy Spirit can do it. Sometimes you're in a situation. Pastor Julie's up here. She's like, hey, Luke, come up here. She, and she just, all she's doing is saying, I want to be part of. I want to make sure this young man is encouraged and inspired. Man, when I see Luke, I'm like, that kid is like, he has a David anointing. If you don't know who David is, wild dude from the old part of the Bible. He was a leader. He reminds me of Luke. You'll see Luke literally bounding across the front down the aisle during worship, just like, and that was David. He's got this David anointing, right? Man, this kid has been infused with the Holy Spirit. It's powerful. Imagine for a second what we could be and what we could teach in our demonstration if we moved as Holy Spirit inspired people fully activated as a church. Imagine we would be living as we can and we should be. Not, 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 not imagine what you and I can do on our own. 
But imagine what happens when we collaborate and partner with the Holy Spirit as the church can and should. Begin to think about right now, what, what, would, what would our cities begin to look like? What, what would, what, how would the mental health of our communities begin to change? How would the financial structures and the businesses begin to, to actually grow because we begin walking inspired and activated by the Holy Spirit? Think about this for a second. And do it like, let, let us not get stopped halfway through the race and say, I can't see how that can happen. Let us just say, Holy Spirit, come and fill in where we can't see. Fill us so that you inspire us, something that burns deep. Because I feel like the church is stuck. Okay, listen, I'm not beating the church up. I want this to be clear. I think the church gets stuck. We forget who we are. We forget what's inside of us. We forget how powerful the power unit is. We forget that we're permeated and we're saturated with the presence of God. How are we ever going to change? We are not going to change. It's not our job to change anything. Our job is to be soaked and saturated in the Holy Spirit. And like a sponge, you know what happens if I take a sponge that's saturated and I begin walking with it? It begins dripping everywhere. And it, it actually takes the environment that it was saturated with and it begins spreading that environment. That's who we are. That's who you are. Why don't you stand with me today? We are the Holy Spirit activated church that's inspired. It's been given this filling and a firm promise. It gives us this really wild belief that nothing is too big for us to go after. We ask questions like, how is that gonna happen as the church? And the question I wanna ask is, who do we have on our side that's gonna make it happen? I don't know how, but I know who. If you feel comfortable doing so, let's close our eyes this morning. Ask yourself, am I living secure in the promise of the Holy Spirit? Am I living inspired? Or am I living motivated feel like you're in a cycle that you can't get out of, that there's these really high highs and then there's these really low lows. And I want to tell you something, there's something better for you. Holy Spirit wants to actually take 
the, the really high peaks and the really low lows, and he wants to create a, a, a more stable promise and platform for us to move in that is sustained in our life. And if we keep eating these refined, processed, motivational things that the church has grabbed a hold of, we will never walk in the power and the activation we were built to walk in. And we will only walk in something that is momentary. And God wants something that's internal, but also eternal. And his church is eternal. Am I living secure? Am I living inspired? Am I living activated? Next week, we're going to dive into receiving this activating promise of the Holy Spirit. And what happens? Today, we begin to imagine and we ask some questions, but next week, we're going we're gonna to see the evidence of what happens. And that, family, is what we're going to hold up. And we're going to say that is who we can and we should be. This morning, if you're caught in this cycle, would you do me a favor? Would you just raise your hand and let me acknowledge just acknowledge, okay, I'm, I'm stuck in this cycle of motivation. Okay, I see your hands. There's some ministry team that's walking around the room. They might, if you raise your hand, don't be alarmed if someone walks up next year. If someone sees you raise your hand, this is totally normal. Lord, I just pray right now. And if you, and if you feel comfortable doing so, you can open your hands up, anybody in the room. I'm just going to pray it just overall for just a blessing of <laughs> of security and inspiration. Father, this morning that we would understand that sometimes the things that we turn to that get us through a moment are motivational but they are not the deep burn internal purposed burn of the Holy Spirit so this morning we turn our hearts to you God Lord, that I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to actually say, prepare our hearts here this morning to receive so that next week we can walk in with an uncensored mind to say we are, we are prepared to receive further instruction. We're prepared to receive, to be filled, to be charged, to be saturated, to be permeated, to be inspired and activated by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we as a church can and should be living from a place of Holy Spirit promise, Holy Spirit inspiration, and Holy Spirit activation. That is who we are because of who we have. And that is why Jesus 
That is why Jesus told his friends, wait, because I'm sending you somebody who is gonna be better than even walking with me. You don't wanna join us next week with open hearts. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said.